Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. Besides helping us to make shows like this possible, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts like Tep and Step, access to all 61 years of the magazine in our digital archives, recruiting analysis, and must-see insight from the Dave Campbell's Texas Football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, we hope you'll consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe that's texasfootball.com slash subscribe and thanks for listening the texas football today podcast is brought to you by chocolate milk built by nature you can watch texas football today live weekdays at noon at texasfootball.com and on facebook and if you like the show subscribe to the podcast vendor of your choice give us a positive rating and tell a friend in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. My name's Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. TexasFootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at TexasFootball.com, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch, or you listen to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good. She is the Duchess of the Dorks. She is Ashley Pickle. Hello, Ashley. Howdy. How are you, Shley? I'm good. I'm cold. Did you have a good weekend? (laughs) Yeah. Not too bad. Good. I'm glad to hear it. Today is Monday, September 13th, 2021. I didn't do any of the things that I'm supposed to do for it. <laughs> 73 days until Thanksgiving. Happy birthday to... I'm just going to read the first name that pops up. Happy birthday to Tyler Perry. Oh, it's Roald Dahl's birthday, too. Happy birthday, Roald Dahl. Sure. James the Giant Peach. Oh, okay. Okay. And among other things. Uh, this <laughs> but is, mainly the peach. This is episode 1,239. On today's show, friends, we got a big, beefy show for you. Big, just stuffed show. Got money, yep. Got, <laughs> yeah, Monday morning fallout. We're going to announce the Dave Campbell's text, or rather the Ozarka, um, the Ozarka Fueled by Nature Team of the Week. Mm-hmm, there you go. Uh, we will be joined about 1220. By the head coach of the 3-0 and Redwater Dragons. How about them apples? Coach Brandon Lane will join us. Uh, we will announce the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominees. We will unveil the Dave Campbell's Texas Football and Associated Press state rankings for week four. And we will talk at the end of the show about our Some trip Sun City. west to, to El Paso, to the Sun City. Talk about all the fun we had out there. We'll start the conversation and we'll finish it tomorrow. Do we have first four through the door? We sure do. It was Tony Blaylock, Aaron Arbuckle, Jacob John, and Rob Hadaway. Welcome in, fellas. Welcome in, friends. <clears throat> Pickle, there's no time to waste. None at all. Pickle, hit the air. It's time. time for Monday Morning Fallout. Monday Morning Fallout, of course, when we overreact to the football weekend. And, golly, judging by Twitter... Y'all are in mid-season overreaction. Oh, you lord, oh yes. God, chill. 
My job's overreact, not yours. yours. <laughs> start, Take it back a notch. <laughs> start with my three big thoughts. Thought number one, big success, big target. This was a strange week in the Texas high school football world in the sense that we thought it was going to be a relatively ho-hum week, I think, generally. Generally speaking, we, th we looked at the slate. We said, you know what? A little thinner, not as many big-time showcase matchups. And so sometimes that, I think that sometimes that can lull us into a false sense of security that we know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Well, Texas high school football has a way of humbling you. <laughs> Real quick, too. As an analyst, as a player, as a coach, <laughs> as a fan. And so we had this flurry of really interesting results in the sense that you had big-time legacy programs, teams with a ton of pedigree, teams that are perennially at the very top of the rankings, scuffing, scuffling, yeah. and stubbing their toe, and coming up short, and getting beat, plain and simple. I think the one that people are really going to pay attention to, and we kind of flagged you on this one, was uh, Spring Westfield's win over Galena Park North Shore. Mm -hmm. Now, it's worth mentioning, again, that Galena Park North Shore... Like, Westfield has had their number. They've now played nine times since 2014, mm -hmm. or 2004, rather. And Westfield's won six of them. Yeah, I don't think anybody realized that no. in, until this weekend. Westfield has had North Shore's number. And so when you see Westfield 27, North Shore 21, I don't know that that's necessarily a huge upset. In mm -hmm. fact, I wouldn't even characterize it that much as, uh, as an upset. But it goes back to the point that when you are a team like North Shore, and you went state championship 2018, state championship 2019, state semifinals 2020. You're a lot of teams Super Bowls. Oh, yeah. Right? You really are. I think the same thing goes with one of the more bizarre results of the weekend, which was Bushland 49, Canadian 42 in overtime. Yeah. Canadian was up 35-7 in this game at halftime, and Bushland mounts a furious comeback, forces overtime, and beats the Wildcats in overtime. <clears throat> when you are a pedigree program, mm -hmm. when you are the kind of program that everyone circles on their calendar, mm -hmm. you're going to get everyone's best shot. And I think Canadian found that out this week. And there were a few others where it just kind of, it, you, you see them and, and maybe it causes you to scratch their head. But I think that if you zoom out a little bit, You'll see. Okay, it's really not. You know, it's 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 their their upsets, but I think it is a reminder that when you are at the top, when you are a program that people have a lot of respect for, mm -hmm. you're going to get everyone's best shot. Oh yeah. Well, it's like coaches say every time you ask him if we're if we're going to be the best, we have to play the best. Exactly. And so right. That's exactly what it goes into. And 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 it's it's one of those things that I think we got that stark reminder this week. That when you are a big time, pro I think Lake Travis is the same way, right? Yeah. They're lost to Rockwall. Now Rockwall has bigger, you know, Rockwall's not a pushover. No, certainly not. Not at all. But Lake Travis is a much more pedigree program. Yeah. Lake Travis has all those state Parental championships. Powerhouse. Rockwall doesn't, and so Rockwall certainly had that circled. And I think it's just a reminder that when you are a big time program like this, you got to be ready week in and week out because you're going to get everyone's best shot. That's thought number one. Thought number two, almost nobody's happy. <laughs> I can't remember a, a week in college football like this. Let's make a complete list mm -hmm. out of the 12 FBS programs in the state of Texas who are, who are now just unequivocally 
feeling better today than they were on uh, Friday morning. Okay? Here's the list. Ready? Mm-hmm. Baylor, mm-hmm. who drilled Texas Southern, unsurprisingly. Right? And... UTSA? UTSA. UTSA, who drilled Lamar, mm-hmm. unsurprisingly. Yeah. Everyone else, literally... Everyone else is coming out of this weekend, I think, feeling worse about their team than they did before. Yeah. That goes for the teams that won. SMU, who I think scuffled a little bit against North Texas. Yeah, that right? game, the score did not indicate what that game that really game was, was for SMU. That game was really, you know, tight. And if Seth Luttrell doesn't decide to kick two field goals <laughs> within the SMU six, this game maybe gets away from them. Seth. Um... Them, you might be able to throw I, I think, Houston in the mix for a happier team. Houston, okay, I'm sorry, not that's that's the correct. Houston definitely feels better. Better, yeah. That's that you're 100 percent right. Houston does. Um, even teams that won, A and M, A and M's a perfect example of this. Does not where feel good. A and M improves to two and zero. They go on the road to Denver and beat Colorado, but at what cost? Haynes King is now out until at least mid October with a fractured ankle. Zach Calzada came in and. I mean, let's be honest, up until the very, very end, looked like a deer in headlights. And they only scored 10 points. Mm-hmm. They end up winning 10-7, and ugly wins are better than pretty losses. Right. But does A&M feel better now than they did, uh, you know, 72 hours ago? I don't think so. Texas, of course, is not. Texas went and stank up the joint in Fayetteville. And that all of that goodwill, all of that goodwill that got built up after week one... After, after beating a good Louisiana team, gone. Mm-hmm. Right? Texas Tech. Again, ugly wins are better than pretty losses. But, but, but Stephen F. Numbers. Austin's throwing into the end zone in the final minute to win the game. TCU. TCU, who farted around, gave up three huge pass plays in the first, in the first quarter to Cal. Cal, who can't throw the ball. <laughs> that first half was a wet fart. And it was ends awful. Up, and ends up winning that game 35-33. Basically because Cal, I think, missed a couple of extra points. Or mm-hmm. had one, maybe had one blocked. What I'm saying is, this is a rare weekend where, like, I feel like nobody had fun. Mm-mm. Like, UTSA fans, Houston fans, and Baylor fans. Those are the only three programs that feel like they had a fun weekend. Right? Everyone else is feeling miserable. Or at least more miserable than they were 72 hours ago. And thought number three, the worst amount of data. And I think this cuts across both high school and college. We are now three weeks into the Texas high school football season. We're now two weeks in, or for the sake of UTEP, three games in, to the college football season. And I feel like this is the exact worst amount of data to have on a team. We have three games. Let's just take the high school ranks. We have three games out there, and we feel like this is this is one of those. This is very it's very sophomoric, and I don't mean that in as far as like immature. Mm-hmm. I mean sophomoric in that sophomore is I believe Greek or Latin for wise fool. Sure, right? <laughs> we feel like we have a fe- a good read on a lot of these teams, right? Mm-hmm. We feel like it, and yet if you remember three weeks worth of data. It's just not that much, guys. Well, and and the, especially whenever you're talking about 
uneven schedules and mm-hmm. and and some teams are 3 and 0 but haven't necessarily played anybody and some teams are 0 and 3 but they've been they've been through the rare I mentioned right. Borden County on Twitter last night yeah. about how they played number 1, number 2 and, and number, number 4, four and they're, and they're playing 3. number 3 this yeah. week. Like this is the worst amount of data. And so when I sit up here and I I said this on Bally and I'm surprised I didn't clip it for social. When I sit up here and I make these broad declarations about these teams, I don't know what I'm talking about. Okay? We have three we have three weeks of data. Mm-hmm. That is not enough no. to make any broad declaration. I feel like it's so hard with the we talked about it last week, but the stretch of like regional games that we're playing right now makes it very difficult to to take some of those numbers in mm-hmm. for teams that schedule way out of town and have a way harder schedule and then have a cakewalk through right. the the district play. So all I'm saying is it's okay. For us, it's okay to adjust your expectations. It's okay to say we don't know enough about a team. And I feel like I don't know is maybe the three hardest words in the English language. It's okay to admit we don't know everything right now. Mm -hmm. We'll get more data. I would say in two weeks we will know exponentially more than we know right now. That's my three big thoughts. Three helmet stickers. A helmet sticker for Cash McCollum, the quarterback at Wimberley. Elite quarterback name. He goes 16 <laughs> for 23, 387 yards and four touchdowns passing for Wimberley. TCU running back Zach Evans. We had questions about where they were going to, uh, who was going to be their bell cow. They have found their bell cow, and it's the five-star. Um, uh, as he steps up in a big way uh, when they needed him most, he ends up carrying 22 times for 190 yards and a touchdown. They needed every one of them as they beat Cal. And Caleb Cook, the quarterback at Newhome. Goes 21 of 34 for 340 yards and five touchdowns passing in his first start as a freshman. <laughs> first start as a freshman. New home quarterback Caleb Cook for helmet sticker. Three teams to watch. West, David Woodard's squad is off to a 3-0 and start, and they go and beat. They had a game thrown together at the last minute. And they both got canceled on. They decided to meet in the middle with Orange Grove, and they end up coming away with an impressive win. Uh, West is certainly a team to watch. Did you see what happened in the Midwestern State game? Choctaw Stadium. Did you see what happened? Mm-mm. Okay. No, I missed it. This one. game was wild ass, and I mean that sincerely. Midwestern State was down 23 points. Okay, Midwestern State was down. I want to. I had the box score up. They were down. It was over. Okay, they were absolutely toast. Mm-hmm. They end up rattling off the final twenty-four points of this game, I believe, and win this game thirty-one thirty, upsetting A and M Commerce. This game was crazy town banana pants. I would love I would love to go back to our show on whatever day that was Thursday and I specifically said I said this game with the rivalry mm-hmm. always is wild ass mm-hmm. craziness but Midwestern State certainly keep an eye on them as they have all of a sudden kind of turned the Lone Star Conference upside down with one win so congratulations to them good crowd out there too I did see that and Wolforth friendship uh the Tigers are three zero after mm-hmm. a win over Lubbock Cooper and suddenly. Uh, one of those programs that, um, how do I want to put this? They should absolutely. They should. Uh, I'm. I'm of the belief that they should always be good. I think that they are a, one of those programs out there. Mm-hmm. That, but they've been through a rough couple of years. But Jay Northcutt's got this squad back where, a yeah, kind of moving a little bit. 
Um, Wolfworth Friendship, certainly a team to watch out there. They are three and off to a three and start. Three to see. Three games that we've got our eye on this week. How about Cisco and Jim Nadden? That's Battle of tasty. Unbeatens, Battle of State Ranked Unbeatens, a 2A versus a 3A, and two teams that are going to play some smash-mouth football on one another. That game's going to be a lot of fun out there in Tuscola on Friday night. It's a weird slate of college football this week. <laughs> uh, I'm very interested in Incarnate Word and Texas State because Incarnate Word can score, and that game has a chance to get really pointsy. Um, Incarnate Word and Texas State is certainly a game I've got on my radar. And finally, you want to talk about two teams that made a bunch of headlines uh, last week that we are now going to, or I guess two weeks ago, we are now going to see go head-to-head as Umbola Tascacita visits Denton Geyer. Um, this game's going to be a lot of fun and a real gut check for both of these teams. Can Tascacita travel to DFW twice in three weeks and mm-hmm. come away with two big-time state-ranked top 10 scalps? We will find out. Um, I can say too, real fast. We're going to have that game on Texan Live. How about that? That game's on Texan Live. Atascita and Geyer will be must-see action on Friday night. That is three to see, and that is Monday morning fallout. We are Texas Football today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Pickle, Dave Campbell's Texas football in partnership with Ozarka is proud to honor one team from each classification with the Ozarka Fueled by Nature Team of the Week Award. The team selected throughout the course of this program have exemplified the best in Texas high school football. Your Week 3 Ozarka Fueled by Nature Teams of the Week. In 6A, El Paso Socorro. Uh, That name sounds familiar. The Bulldogs' (laughs) wait is finally over as Socorro topped El Paso 46-23 on Thursday night, ending a 53-game losing streak and getting in the win column for the first time since September 11th, 2015. Congratulations uh, to Coach Hensley and the Bulldogs. In 5A, Montgomery Lake Creek, the Lions rang off 21 points in the fourth quarter uh, in, to rally past Sealy 41-34, improving to 3-0 for the first time in the program's young history. In 4A, Austin LBJ in a matchup of state-ranked undefeated squads, the Jaguars outmuscled perennial power Waco La Vega en route to a resounding 28-7 victory. In 3A, Luling. Another streak. Dalen Houston ran for 223 yards and a touchdown. The defense did the rest as the Eagles snapped a 32-game losing streak dating back to 2017 with a 17-7 win over Weimer. In 2A, Burkeville. The Mustangs are 2-0 for the first time since 2010 with a hard-fought defensive victory over I- a Kate Akadine. Oh my gosh. You can do it. Akadiana? Akadiana? Akadiana. Things are going great. It's Akadiana. Akadiana Christian out of Louisiana on Thursday night, 16 14. <laughs> Listen, here's the thing. It's a Louisiana school. I, am not I, I don't have to know it. No. Akadiana. No, but it was real fun to watch you go. It's just like, it feels like an illegal use of a consonant. Throw the flag. In 1A, Water Valley. The Wildcats' run of dominance continued on Friday night, notching their third consecutive Mercy Rule victory with a 54-8 win over Garden City. Keep it on Water Valley. Yeah. Maybe keep it on our rankings coming up here in a little bit. Ooh, and the private school ranks Bay Area Christian. The Broncos rallied from an early deficit, getting a fumble recovery for a touchdown from Andrew Boyd in the fourth quarter to bring home a 17-14 win over Browses Christian and remain unbeaten. So those are your week three Ozarka, yes. fueled by nature, teams of the week. And 6A, El Paso, Socorro. And 5A, Montgomery Lake Creek. And 4A, Austin LBJ. And 3A, Luling. And 2A, Burkeville. And 1A, Water Valley. And in the private school ranks, 
Bay Area Christian. Congratulations to all the schools. We salute you. For more information, visit TexasFootball.com. Pickle, this is the time when you played the thing. Mm-hmm. Well, from now on, is a proud sponsor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and your school's one-stop shop for community connection. Simplify your athletic communications with From Now On. Their FanX platform gives schools at all levels of the game a one-stop shop mobile experience that makes driving communication, creating engagement, and generating revenue easy. From Now On helps connect your school community with everything they need to win on game day. Schedules, streams, digital tickets, real-time notifications, and more. Learn more by visiting their website at from-now-on.com or follow them on Twitter or Instagram at fromnowonexp. From now on. Let's go to the hotline and let's bring in the head coach of the 3 and O Redwater Dragons. We are joined on the phone line now by Coach Brandon Lane. Coach, how are you? I'm great, man. How are you doing, Tim? I'm great. How are things in beautiful Redwater, Texas? It's awesome. We got a little cool front come through. Got a little rain on the practice field during athletics. So, rocking and rolling, man. You guys are off to a, a hot start, a 3 and O start. Uh, to, to start the year. Um, it's been a minute since Redwater's been uh, that good. So I guess my question is, what's been the difference? What, how is it that you guys have been able to rattle off these three straight victories and, and be one of the hottest teams in the state? And we've got good kids that work hard. And, you know, they bought into our, our vision and, and the process that we're going to implement since I got here February the 10th. Mm-hmm. Um, they've worked their tails off all spring and summer and uh, they found a belief in themselves, um, and this community has rallied behind us and um, supported supported us and supported the program to get better. And uh, at the end of the day, the kids have attacked every day with a, a head down and go to work mentality. Uh, we're, we're literally, I know coach cliche, but we're literally taking everything one day at a time, trying to be one and zero this week, uh, get a little bit better every day because our schedule is getting a little bit better every week too. You you mentioned. Um you know, the, the kids embracing you, you're, you're a guy who, who left Ferris to go take this job here at, at Redwater. You know, we didn't get an opportunity yes, to, to chat whenever you did take that job, but you know, w- w- I think people may look at that and say, well, well, why, you know, you had a pretty good thing cooking there at Ferris. Why leave uh, to, to go to Redwater? So let me ask you, why was Redwater the right move for you? Um, I, I think on both sides, first of all, I, I love my time at Ferris five years. I was extremely proud of what we did not just in the football program, making the playoffs four years in a row, um, but stabilizing that entire athletic program. You know, I, I was proud of that. Um, and at the same time, um, I've got an 11-year-old and a 7-year-old, and it was time for us to get away from the city and uh, get out to the Pine Woods of East Texas, which I've always loved and, you know, represented on the board of directors out here. So it's uh, it was an opportunity that fit our family and, and what I wanted for my kids really well. Uh, it seems like we're a good fit for what this community and this district and program needed. Um, and at the same time, Paris is in great hands. You know, uh, I left a, a, a really good crew behind, hoping that um, we'd have an internal hire. They didn't, but they hired a great guy in Stephen Greek who's got those guys rolling and scoring a lot of points. And um, So I, I think it's working out good for everybody, man. I really do. You guys, you know, one of the biggest differences I see in, in maybe last year's Redwater squad, which went 1-9, 
And this year's squad, which is off to the 3-0 and start, uh, is is the defense. You know, this is a, a, a defense that, you know, last year given up around 30 points a game. Let's call it inconsistent. There were times they looked really good and other yes. times where they just they couldn't really put it all together. You know, off to a fantastic start this year, giving up right around 10 points a game. You know, you can you can win a lot of ball games like that. So what's what do you think has have you seen on the defensive side that has you encouraged? So first of all, Coach Turner, Nathan Turner is my defense coordinator, and uh, he and that staff are doing a great job. And the biggest difference, I think, is I, I watch. You know, they've been one and nine for the last three years in a row, and uh, the biggest difference I've seen is the attrition. And like, they were in every game going into the fourth quarter. Every single game last year was it within seven points going into the fourth quarter. And uh, but it was kids playing both sides of the ball, and we're fortunate that our numbers have coming out. Uh, we're able to two platoon, which has allowed our kids to be healthy and fresh and play fast throughout the duration of a game. Talking with Brandon Lane, the head coach of the Redwater Dragons here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation at hashtag TF Today. All right, Coach, um, you know, one of the guys on the offensive side that's really been the straw that serves the drink is your, is your senior quarterback, Corbin Hoffmeister, a guy who's uh, presently your leading passer, your leading rusher, doing a little bit of everything, stirring the Gatorade, et cetera. Um, <laughs> What what does he bring to this team? How important is he to, to what you guys do? And he's an athletic guy um, that, that has, again, put in the work to earn that job throughout the spring and summer. And, uh, him being the quarterback allowed us to keep some um, playmakers at, at receiver and playmakers in the backfield as running backs. And um, and he, 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 in his own right, is a own playmaker. I mean, he's done a great job when it's his number's called to go have an explosive run. He can run. He's an athletic kid. He's a really good kicker as well. Um, so I think just the fit of allowing us to utilize our personnel uh, to make us more uh, balanced in who who can attack you. You know, we got a really good big-time receiver out there. we got a good tight end. we got two running backs that can go score and catch the ball. I mean, we, we were able to, with him at quarterback, we are able to balance out uh, where our targets are going. Uh, you guys are also a, a squad that, you know, you mentioned that that you're you're new there. You, you you've had kids had to have kids buy in, and and you know, let's be honest. This has been a program that the past few years there hadn't been a ton of winning going on. So I guess my question is, how did you get kids to buy in? What what was your message to your guys to to tell them that hey, we we can get this thing out of the mud. We can get this thing going. I was very factual. I was almost like, guys, listen, I picked you. I had a good job. I, I was happy where I was at. We were in a stable program. Uh, but I chose to move my family out here. I chose you. I believe in you. I picked you. Um, and then the success that we were able to have in the spring by getting kids out. And I just think it's a positive energy. And um, we tell our kids every day that we love them and care about them. And, uh, they believe that. And they've gone to work to uh, to return that, you know. And they uh, they just they believe that we believe in them. You, you mentioned that the road will get tougher. That includes, you know, last week, of course, a, a really nice win at Edgewood. Um, yes, sir. Very impressive. Now, you know, New Boston's right around the corner. You guys take them on yeah. Friday night. Uh, this is a this is a good New Boston team that's that's playing playing good ball. I don't want to ask you to give away a game plan here, but I know you're yeah. you're hard at work on the lines. What what do you see when you take a look at, at what you guys are up against on Friday night? I see a really good football team and, and Edgewood. I thought Edgewood was a really good football team as well. And we we were able to execute throughout the game, which is while we were able to win and uh, Friday night, you know, going, we're playing new Boston here at home and it's going to be a great crowd. And uh, if we're able to execute, they're really, they're big up front, they're strong and they can run. They can flat out fly uh, at all their skill positions. So 
but we got some guys that can run a little bit too, and we got some guys that are big up front. So it's it's going to come down to execution. Uh, and honestly, I, I think whoever controls possession and is able to limit turnovers. Um, you know, both of us have had times where, where we've turned the ball over and it's hurt us um, on film. And um, I think Friday night, that could be the deciding factor is who's able to win the turnover margin and limit those errors and uh, take advantage of the opponent's error. Uh, one last question for Brandon Lane, the head coach of the 3-0 Redwater Dragons here on Texas Football yes. Today. Coach, you, um, you, you moved from Ferris, you know, south of, south of Dallas, if fo- folks aren't, are unfamiliar with that. Uh, they're kind of on the border of Ellis County, um, east. And I mean, what, it's hard to get farther east and not be in, in Arkansas. Can't do it. Yeah. That's it. Um, <laughs> can you, you know, you're three games in there, uh, and you've played a lot of east Texas teams there, you know, with, with Orr City and, and, and New Diana and things like that. Um, do you have a sense quite yet of maybe the difference between uh, football and, and maybe the, let's call it the greater Metroplex area uh, and what's going down in East Texas? It's called Beast Texas for a reason. <laughs> I'll say that. I, I think that everybody out here, I don't care what school you throw a dart at, everybody out here has got dudes. Uh, I think everybody out here is well coached. Um, not that the Metroplex wasn't because I thought some of the best coaches I've ever coached against were in the Metroplex and um, but I think the biggest difference is, you know, even you take my time in Ennis. Ennis was its own isolated community. Uh, and then Ferris was a small community, but it was tied to Dallas. And, it, you know, tied to Waxahachie mm-hmm. or Red Oak. Out here, every town, we're our, we're our own show. You know, we're, we're everybody in town is going to support one program. Everybody in town is going to show up and love Friday night football. Uh, the passion and excitement for football in East Texas is just different. He's Brandon Lane. He's the head coach of those 3-0 and Redwater Dragons. Uh, you can see them Friday night uh, as they host New Boston in a uh, their non-district finale. Coach, really appreciate your time. Congratulations again on the hot start, and uh, keep it going Friday night. Absolutely. Thanks, Tip. There he goes. Brandon Lane, head coach of those Redwater Dragons, joining us here on Texas Football Today. I, I, I was really interested in getting Coach Lane on because this, you know, he mentioned Redwater's a program that has some tradition. They've, 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 they've been good in the past. Mm-hmm. Just the past few years, just, it just hadn't worked. It's just, right. it, it, there's been something there. And whenever you have a coach who comes in and, and kind immediate of— makes a change. Exactly right. You know, immediately they're 3-0. You know, they've won more games this year, as many games this year as they have the past three years combined. And and by the way, like, look, they, they were, in my opinion, you know, Orr City struggling a little bit, New Diana struggling a little mm-hmm. bit. But the win last week at Edgewood is a legit, bona fide, excellent win. Mm-hmm. That's a great win. And they beat them by 24, or right. 22, rather. They beat them 36-14. They— they beat them rather soundly. And now, if they follow that up, and I think they got a good shot to, mm-hmm. if they follow that up with a win over a kind of a resurgent new Boston squad, and you're talking 4-0 and going into that district, they're going to be a problem. And by the way, like you look at that district, right? And that's the, that's the Dangerfield district. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 Dangerfield's good. Uh, they need no introduction. Uh, DeKalb got a big win this past week over Pilot Point. Mm-hmm. So they're playing very good ball. Paul Pewitt is there. There's going to be a couple... Uh, there's going to be a couple of games there. They get Hooks in the open their first two games mm-hmm. with Hooks and Paris Chisholm. Those are, to me, the real make-it-or-break it games for for Redwater. If they can win, if they can beat both those teams, or at least split with them, yeah. and then maybe you steal another one somewhere, maybe you 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 know you get DeKalb at home, uh, you get, you know, maybe you, you find that, that win. 
If they do that, then they can be back in the playoffs for the first time since 2017, which would be a big, big doings there for a first-year coach there in Brandon Lane. So we appreciate Coach Lane and his uh, time, uh, making some time for us here on Texas Football Today. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DTTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Pickle, more business to attend to. Yes. Dave Campbell's Texas Football, in conjunction with the Texas Bowl, is proud to present the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week Award to the most deserving high schooler in the state of Texas. Every Monday, that's today, TexasFootball.com will announce 10, ca- 10 candidates for that week's award. Based on the previous week's on-field performance, we then leave it up to you voting at TexasFootball.com. I believe it's open right now. Yes. Um, voting closes uh, at noon each Friday, and we announce the winner right here on Texas Football Today. We've got another slate of big Time nominees for the Player of the Week. Your Week 3 Mr. Texas Player of the Week nominees. Spring quarterback Bishop Davenport. I think they should promote him to Cardinal. This guy rules. <laughs> I think they should promote him. Maybe even Pope. Mm, that's a, that's a Catholic mm-hmm. clergy joke. Mm-hmm. 20 no, 22 <laughs> of 29, 388 yards, five touchdowns passing, 114 yards, and two touchdowns rushing for spring quarterback Bishop Davenport. Rockwall wide receiver Noble Johnson, 12 catches, 249 yards, and four touchdowns receiving. That guy was on one in yeah, a big win great over name Lake Travis. <laughs> Speaking of wide receivers, Pflugerville Weiss wide receiver Micah Guilford, Gifford rather, uh, 12 catches, 186 yards, and four touchdowns receiving from Pflugerville Weiss wide receiver Micah Gifford. Huffman Hargraves quarterback Luke Thomas, 14 of 24, 234 yards, and three touchdowns passing. He had 47 yards rushing. He had three tackles, a tackle for a loss, two interceptions, and he returned one of the interceptions, 90 yards for a touchdown. <laughs> Huffman Hargrave athlete. <laughs> that stat line was like this long in the email. I was just like, oh going. my goodness. <laughs> Early running back and linebacker Trey Beam, eight carries, 139 yards, and four touchdowns rushing. So he averaged a touchdown every two carries. He also had eight tackles, three tackles for loss, two ta- uh, two sacks, two forced fumbles, and he recovered a fumble for a touchdown. <laughs> Trey Beam, have yourself a day. <laughs> North Go- North Garland. Okay, I, I did not pro- I did not pa- practice his last name. Mm. I, I apologize. North Garland quarterback God's power, Nwawui. I I believe Nwawui. So. Yes. I'm sorry. God's I think power. you need to put a, a more emphasis on the second W. Nuan Nuanui. Yes. Okay. God's power Nuanui. 233 yards, four touchdowns passing, 174 y- 170 yards, and four touchdowns rushing for God's power. Snip God's power. Yeah. Just leave. The last name doesn't need North to be Garland said at that point. North Garland God's power. <laughs> El Campo running back Ruben Owens, 19 carries, 300 yards, five touchdowns rushing. He went one of three passing for 39 yards and a touchdown through the air, too. Just for fun. Sure. Dangerfield athlete Aaron yeah, Aaron Hampton. Three tackles, a tackle for loss, two interception returns for touchdowns. He also ran for 75 yards and a score. Goodness. <laughs> the Taylor Ducks wide receiver and cornerback Jarvis Anderson. Seven carries, 80 yards, two touchdowns rushing, four catches, 97 yards, two touchdowns receiving, five tackles, a forced fumble, and a fumble recovery for a touchdown. I'd say Coach Houston is probably pretty pleased with that. Quack, quack. <laughs> Big weekend for Ducks. Yeah. And finally, Vega quarterback Ryan Growunder. Eight of 11 for 210 yards and two touchdowns passing, plus he carried the ball 14 times for 140 yards and four touchdowns on the ground. So those are your Week 3 Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominees. Vote early, vote often, vote now at TexasFootball.com. Okie dokie, Pickle. You know what time it is now. It's time Rankings to season. unveil 
the week four Dave Campbell's Texas football high school football rankings. Dave Campbell's Texas Football has published the state's most respected Texas high school football rankings for decades and is the official rankings provider of the Associated Press since 2019. Weekly rankings are revealed live on Texas Football Today every Monday at 12.37 and 37 seconds mm-hmm. at texasfootball.com slash live and complete rankings can be found at texasfootball.com slash rankings. We will start in Class 6A. There's a little bit of churn here, a little bit of movement here. I would say the real headlines here are Rockwall jumping from 11 to 6 with their very impressive win over Lake Travis. Lake Travis tumbles to number 10. Uh, also, I would I would uh, highlight what Spring Westfield did. Spring Westfield jumps from number 18 to number 12 ahead of Galena Park North Shore, who fell from number 4 to number 13 after their loss. There are a few... Uh, New entries into the rankings. Uh, Midland Legacy holds on to a number 23 spot after their loss, their narrow loss to Arlington Martin. But two new newcomers, the Fighting Farmers of Louisville, are the number four, 24 team in the state. 3-0 with a win over uh, over Arlington Lamar. And Cy Park mm-hmm. is entered the top 25. They are 3-0 after a 59-20 win over Lamar Consolidated. To 5A we go, 5A Division One first, where this was relatively chalky with the uh, with the uh, exception, rather, of the bottom of the rankings, where uh, 1 through 4 are all the same, with Denton Ryan, College Station, Manville, and Highland Park all winners. Corpus Christi Vets uh, and Col- Longview are up a spot, leapfrogging Colleyville Heritage, who took a narrow loss to Yules Trinity. They dropped from number seven to number f- or number five to number seven. Lone Stars remains the same at number eight. Amarillo Tascosa up a spot with a win over Odessa Permian. And number ten, Katie Pato. Oh, their win over uh, Richmond Foster, thirty to fourteen. BJ Gotts got them cooking. They are number ten in the Dave Campbell's Texas football rankings. Over in 5A Division II, uh, the top four, again, unchanged. Alito, Forpin, Marshall, Lucas, Lovejoy, and Huntsville remain the same. Uh, Huntsville's got big tests this week, by the way. AM consolidated up two spots with their win over Converse Judson. Ennis wins the 100th Battle of 287 in overtimes. They remain number six. Uh, uh, being idle was awful good to Dennis, and they jumped two spots uh, because Liberty Hill uh, f- uh, moves, up, or rather, because Lubbock Cooper tumbles from number five to number eight with their loss to Wolfworth Friendship. And new to the rankings, number 10, Bernie Champion, 3 0 with a win over Laredo United South. To 4A we go, Pickle. Where, again, a little bit of churn. Waco La Vega tumbles from number three to number seven. That is uh, where you will find Austin LBJ now at number three with their win over Waco La Vega. Midlothian Heritage up a couple of spots. Same with Tyler Chapel Hill up to number five in the state. Stevenville up to number six. El Campo uh, moves up a spot. Uh, Paris moves up a spot and into the rankings at number 10. The Porcupines of Springtown with a 30-29 win over Waco Conley. They are now uh, the number 10 team in the state at 3-0. 4A Division II... Uh, top seven unchanged. Carthage, Gilmore, Salina, West Orange, Stark, China Spring, Belleville, and Quero. Quero, very impressive win mm-hmm. over rival Yoakum. Wimberley up a spot with their win over Lamb Passes. Sinton drops from number eight to number 10 with a loss to Corpus Christi Miller. That's a 5A over a 4A. And finally, into the rankings at number nine, the Van Vandals at 3-0. They beat Lindale 35-31 to move to 3-0. Over in the 3A ranks, Pickle, 
again, you're going to notice there's just a little bit of change. Quero, well, Yoakum's lost to Quero. Because we think that's a really good 4A team, we dropped them one spot from 7 to 8. Uh, Mount Vernon up a spot to number 10. Uh, the top 5 unchanged. Hallettsville, the big mover. They move up two spots. Same with Vanderbilt Industrial. Uh, and into the top 10, the West Trojans. A win over Orange Grove, 47-30. to 30. Keep an eye on David Woodard's bunch. Three Division Two now. We didn't really know what to do with Canadian. I'll be honest. Mm. Canadian loses to Bushland 49-42 in overtime in a very bizarre matchup. We end up dropping them from number three to number eight. We'll only give them another chance and, and assume that this is just one hiccup. But basically, everything else is is more or less unchanged. Newton does leapfrog Idle Childress to the number three spot. Big game this week against West Orange Stark. Holiday up a spot. Wascom up a spot. West Rusk up a spot. And the number nine and number ten Abernathy and Poth remain unchanged. To 2A Pickle, where? This was, if I remember correctly, let me make sure I pull this up. Uh, yeah, this was uh, uh, actually relatively easy. Mm-hmm. One through nine unchanged. Refugio, Shiner, Timpson, Crawford, Cisco, Mason, New Deal, Hawley, and Beckville. But new to the rankings, number 10, the Buffaloes of Forsan <laughs> are 3-0. They're the number 10 team in 2A Division 1. Over to 2A Division 2 now, where? Almost entirely chalk. Mm-hmm. Stratford leapfrogs uh, B- uh, Tenaha, who loses to Bullard Brookhill, which is a good private school team. They drop to number seven. Uh, to number seven, Stratford moves up to number six with a win over a team from Kansas. Everything else basically unchanged. To the one A rankings, pickle, where again a little bit of a of a makeover here. So I mentioned this on Twitter. But Borden County is a bizarre, bizarre case. It Borden really County <laughs> loses to Rankin, seventy-six to forty. They now have losses to number one May, number two Rankin, and number four Westbrook. And this week they get Sterling City, who's number three. We drop them from the rankings because you know they're own three. It's hard to keep an own three team in the rankings. Mm-hmm. And furthermore, I think there's a fair chance to go own four. But it's one of those things where I think that they could, in fact, be like the fifth best team in the state. Right. I don't think they are, but like there's an outside chance that they're that they are. Anyway, top six are actually unchanged. Uh, Happy loses to Spring Lake Earth. We dropped them one spot to number nine because we do think Spring Lake Earth's pretty good. That's why they're back in the rankings. At number seven, a bounce back win for them. Water Valley new to the rankings at number eight. Lakey beats San Antonio Feast. Homeschool 56 to 52. We keep them at number 10. And in 1A Division two. Mostly chalky, one through seven entirely the same. Motley County is still number one in these rankings. Anton up a spot to number nine. And new to the rankings, Oakwood, a 50 to nothing win over Trinidad moves them to two and oh. They are uh, now state ranked. The private school ranks. A little bit of churn here, especially at the bottom. Houston Kincaid is up a spot with a win over Houston St. Thomas. And new to the rankings, the 3-0 and Midland Christian Mustangs. Congratulations, Coach Craig McClendon. Greg McClendon now, now a member of the 200-win club. They beat Bernie 47-42. to In the private six-man ranks, a lot of churn. Mm-hmm. Actually, a ton of churn. Uh, Waco Live Oak beats Wiley Prep to stay number one. That bumps Wiley Prep out of the rankings. Austin Veritas up a spot to number two or to number three. And uh, Texas School for the Deaf up three, two spots to number five. New to the rankings, Bulverity Bracken Christian, who is now 2-0 and with a win over Round Rock Christian. And Marble Falls Faith, who beat Fredericksburg Heritage. They are 3-0 and with a win over Fredericksburg Heritage, who was at one point, I believe, one of the top, maybe he, they might be ranked number one yeah, in our they rankings. Were and over Richland Springs. Very impressive for the Flames there. Those are your week four Dave Campbell's Texas Football Associated Press rankings. You can find them at texasfootball.com slash rankings. A little bit of a bizarre week, but yeah, 
is where it is. Stuff's yeah. happening. We are at Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Okie dokie, Pickle. We're going to stretch this segment out into two days. Yeah. Uh, because we have a lot to talk about about what we did last week. Last mm-hmm. week, the Dave Campbell's Texas football crew all got on a plane. And w- mm-hmm. uh, we flew out to El Paso. Flew to West Texas, far West Texas, uh, to the beautiful Sun City. Now, you were just there mm-hmm. two weeks prior covering a game for uh, Valley Sports Southwest. Yes. But the reason we went out there, for those who don't know is we wanted to go see R.R. Jones Stadium, the Lady mm-hmm. on the Hill, uh, the beautiful stadium there at El Paso High School. Which, by the way, I'm repping the shirt today. I love it. Uh, the Lady <laughs> on Shout the Hill. Shout out Coach Aguilar. And, and there's a lot to get to, and I'm not really sure where you'd like to start with oh. this. Um, first of all, I guess let's talk about the stadium. Let's talk about the reason we went out there, Yeah. which is R.R. Jones Stadium at El Paso High School. If you've never seen it, Google it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is uh, it is one of the most beautiful stadiums uh, in America, and it was on my bucket list, and it was on your bucket list mm-hmm. to see a game there. Step had seen a game there. Mm-hmm. We had not. And I will just say, as far as living up to the hype concern is concerned... Um, Did not disappoint. That place is magic. It really is. That place is magic. And I think what's so cool about it is you can ask literally any person anywhere who follows Texas high school football and everyone agrees that that's like basically undisputed number one. So what we got a lot of, we, we've tweeted a lot of pictures. We'll have more of we'll have footage on our vlog that we'll, we'll run here on the show tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, here's, here's a hot take. I think that, the, the the shot of like this field with the school in the background, which is kind of what everybody knows it for. Yeah. I think that's really good. Uh-huh. I think if you flip it around, it might be better. I'm going to be honest. Because for those who don't know, crazy. it, it kind of drops off, the, 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 the stadium kind of drops off a cliff. Yeah. Like, you cannot run any corner fades in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, corner end zone fades. There's like big fencing on the side. Because exactly. if there wasn't, it would be a very easy tumble down the mountain. <laughs> if you kick a field goal down to the south end zone, I guess that's, oh, I don't know, I don't know what direction that is. I don't want to make an idiot myself. I it's one end zone. Um, it will go, it will fall down a cliff and it'll go, it bounce into the street, mm-hmm. is what it'll do. And at night, as it gets dark, you just see the lights of El Paso. Mm-hmm. You see the lights of Juarez. You see the lights of West Texas just yep. like upon you. And you're like, this is, it's just, there's no place on earth like this. Which I told you, like when we got there, I knew the the view of the school. And mm-hmm. it's even cooler if you're standing all the way back because you can see the mountains. And like when the sun was setting, it was absolutely beautiful. I didn't realize when you flipped the script on the other side that the view was that gorgeous. I had no it's idea. Stunning. It's stunning. And... Uh, of course, like we would be remiss if we didn't take a moment to thank uh, Coach Ray Aguilar Jr. at El Paso High School for helping to make this possible. Um, you know, they, they they did not need to play on a Thursday, but they did. They had a good crowd out there too. I'll be honest, like this is this. Uh, I mean this in a nice way. Um, El Paso High and El Paso Socorro are probably not going to play for a state championship this year. No, but you wouldn't know it. Mm-mm. Out there, there was a good crowd out there. That student section was the, wild. The hill raisers. It was awesome. The El Paso, the El pa- Shout out to the El Paso High School student section. They were rowdy the whole game. And by the way, it didn't go their way, as we mentioned. No, El Paso Scorto broke a long losing streak against them. You wouldn't know it by hearing the student section. No. They were in it and rowdy. The that was whole the best time. student section I have seen all year. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were awfully, awfully impressive. Um, 
and so look, the stadium lived up to the hype. Uh, it was it was unbelievable. And if you ever have an opportunity to go out there on a Friday night, do it to go there. Go. It is astonishing. It like I like we cannot do it justice. Pictures mm-hmm. can't do it justice. No. There's just there's a magic there. It's just it's it it is plain and simple. R. R. Jones Stadium in El Paso is the finest high school football stadium in America. Hard stop. And it I, is. And 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 I, I know what I'm saying, especially in this state. Go there and tell me I'm wrong. Like yep. I, I, I can't tell you how magic that place is. And the we, we talked about this a little bit the week before, but the PA announcer he does he reads off different like facts well, fun about facts. the stadium, and it's it's awesome. Like it's just so, so cool. So that is the home of Friday Night Lights. It was the first uh-huh. ever Friday night game in the state of Texas was played at R.R. Jones Stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a bell from the original building. So the Lady on the Hill is not the original El Paso High School. Mm-hmm. Um, that was built in like the teens, 19-teens or something like that, but that was not the original high school. They have a bell from the 1880s mm-hmm. from the original El Paso High School that they have refurbished and and, and what's the word I'm looking for? They, I mean, shined up. Yeah, gotten better. They just not like I'm a professional word guy or anything. Put the dust off of it. Yeah. <laughs> and so whenever El Paso High School scores, they ring that bell, and it is just it's super cool. <laughs> it's like, awesome. Everything they've got going there is amazing. Mm-hmm. And we can't thank Coach Aguilar enough and the El Paso High School, uh, you know, staff. Which probably leads us to, and, and by the way, Coach Tony Hinsley at Socorro, who was great in his post-game interview, yep. and of course we feel great for them to, to, to get off that skid. And, and you could feel that emotion from him of like getting that win. Uh, first time in, in almost six full calendar years yeah, Socorro won a game. It was the longest losing streak in the state, and we got to see it. It's, it was literally it's the day cool. before what would have been the six-year anniversary. Right, of it. exactly. So that probably leads us into the other part of it, which is like, let's talk about the people in El Paso. Um, the best. The the hospitality and the kindness and the warmth of the people in El Paso is like almost suspicious. <laughs> like it's that night. I mean, the, the, the people in El Paso, I cannot tell you just like, I think, I think Texans have a lot of pride in being the Southern hospitality hospitable yeah. and welcoming and friendly and stuff like mm-hmm. that. El Paso is Next that level. is that just absolutely concentrated into its purest form. They are like if you are into that Texas hospitality, mm-hmm. El Pasoans have it mastered. Yeah, they are the kings and queens of Texas hospitality. They were unbelievable. Everyone we met was so kind and so this nice. The, and it's not just it wasn't just the people that we specifically already knew or were going there to see of, of coaches or players or anything. It was like the lady at the grocery store who had no idea who we were and were like she was oh how can I help you? You know it's like it doesn't matter who you are. I mean, don't get me it's wrong. There are pe- definitely everyone. people who are walking up to Matt Seven and be like, oh my God, can I get your picture? Yes. Can I picture with you? Of course that happens. But, <laughs> but like, it's also like the, 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 the Uber driver, right? Who yeah. wants to talk high school football and just tell you, hey, have you been here before? People on the plane. <laughs> people want to go there. And actually, I, I might have made this, um, um, I might have made this, um, point on, um, on Friday, but I'll say it again. But Bradley Dale Paveda, who is the, um, defensive coordinator, at uh, UTEP, we got to go to UTEP, and our buddy Barrick Neely, uh, who's the I believe the director of player personnel at UTEP, gives an unbelievable tour of the Sun Bowl, which was so much fun. Which was all, awesome. All the all the the uh, facilities are getting ready to go up to to, to Boise State. We caught up. We got to meet 
basically all the staff. I unfortunately missed Coach Dimmel, but uh, we got to talk with their defense corner, Bradley Dale Pavedo. Mm-hmm. And he brought up a great point. He goes, you know, I am I'm he's from Beaumont, he's from Orangefield. Mm-hmm. Down in Southeast Texas. He goes, So that's Cajun country. Oh yeah. And this is his first year there at, at UTEP. He goes, I'll tell you, like the Cajun culture and the culture here in El Paso like they're just the same it's just the food's different yeah that it's all warmth like we love to eat and we love to drink and we love to get together and we want to welcome you into the family and we want to mm-hmm. see what we can do for you and I, I've been thinking about that a lot because I think he's exactly right oh he hit the nail on the if head if you've ever been around Cajuns this is like West Texas Cajuns Asian, exactly you know? <laughs> it's like they're That's... all just so unbelievably yeah. friendly and it, they make you feel like family Oh, God, even though yes. they've never met you before, hundred percent, hundred percent, and and so we had an <laughs> unbelievable time there. Uh, I, I tweeted this out, but I'll say it again. Um, you may not think of El Paso as a tourist destination, mm-hmm. uh, but you should put it You're on wrong. your list of places to go. Right? It is. It is scenically beautiful. It is. It like there's there's a, f- a lot of fun stuff to do out there. Oh yeah, um, and <laughs> the food, elite food cool. town, and the people just put it over the top. Um, so go out there. And again, we want to thank our friends at UTEP too, Barrick Neely and Coach Dana Dimmel mm-hmm. uh, for for giving us a tour of of them on game day, right? Or basically, you know, day before game day, it was Thursday. Right, they were flying they were out flying that day. Flying out that night. Um, and. But gave us a great tour of the, the, the UTEP facilities, mm-hmm. which were awesome. We got great photos out there at, at, at the Sun Bowl. Um, and, uh, one more thing, too. Mm-hmm. A couple of people asked where we ate. We ate. Oh, yeah. We were, uh, I was getting there. Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. I, sorry. I thought there. you were. It sounded like you were wrapping up. Don't you worry. <laughs> we had a great time at UTEP. Um, you know, one thing we did, and we'd never done this before. Mm-hmm. Um, we we got a, a DCTF Airbnb. <laughs> <laughs> we just rented a house because the thought was, okay, like why there were five of us that went out five, there myself yeah. pickle ish step and then will wilkerson mm-hmm. the five of us went out there and so it's like all right we get five hotel rooms for a couple of nights and that's gonna ring up a decent even if it's a cheap hotel oh that rings up, ring, a, rings uh, up yeah. a decent bill it was like why don't we just get a little house and we found this cool house in like central el paso mm-hmm. that like had everything we needed that was so, called the house of the sun yeah, yeah <laughs> casa del sol we had a great time there uh you know and it just gave us an opportunity to to sit around and shoot the breeze and mm-hmm. stuff like that and, and you know all the stuff we've talked about missing over the past like year of like being together and stuff because yeah. that's one of the fun things about this job is that we really like all the people we work with. Mm-hmm. This is a cool opportunity Except to do for that. Ish. So let's just, just let's close out this 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 discussion with the discussion that that everybody's actually really mm-hmm. here for the food, which is the food. So we landed on Wednesday, Wednesday in El Paso, mm-hmm. and we met up for dinner with uh, Patrick Melton, the head coach at El Paso Americas, mm-hmm. and. His, the star of the show. And his, his his lovely daughter, Angelica, who is, what what grade? Fifth grade? Yes. Fifth grade. That's right. Good gymnast. Fifth grade. Excellent gymnast. Shout out Angelica. She was the real star of the show. <laughs> she was. She was awesome. I mean, Coach Melton was cool, but like, eh. this was real. Uh, <laughs> but we, we had a great time with Coach Melton. He, he, we let him call it because he's the he's the native. Oh, yeah. He's the guy, or not the native, but he's the guy who's lived there for a long right. time. You say, where do we go and what right. do we get? <laughs> and so um, we went to Carlos and Mickey's mm-hmm. for Fantastic. dinner. It was excellent. You had the... The chili rellano. And they brought you two. The peppers were like this big and there were two of them. I was like, like that was a crack your knuckle. Like, all right, here goes but, the gut. <laughs> right? Watch them work. She did it. Oh, yeah. She did it. Oh, yeah. No. Um, I'm glad that I got that meal night one because if it would have been like night three, I don't know if I could have finished it. I had the tacos al pastor and I... It was awesome. 
great. Okay, and something real fast with the taco plates that you kept getting that we didn't realize were the cooked green onions. Yeah. Like, they, they had a whole little stalk like of green stalk, onion. But they really it popped. It was so good. It was good. I will also, I'll call my own foul here. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get there, and I'm starving. I'm really hungry. <laughs> we were all super hungry. So they plop chips and sauce on the on the on the, the table. Okay. <laughs> so I grab a t- I grab a chip like oh man, fantastic. <laughs> and to precursor like, this real fast, I had already tried this salsa and knew where this was going. And and so I take a just a big old big old scoop, <laughs> pop it in my mouth without even thinking because I've forgotten where I am at the moment. Uh-huh. I'm so hungry that I've forgotten where I am. Yeah. <laughs> it looked like a cartoon Oof. character. The like eyes the got big. The steam got big. And it he goes, oh. And I was like, I knew that that's where that was going. I, and he, I went full on like freak out for a it moment. Was, it was such a gringo moment. It was it very was gringo. Awesome. It's like, I like hot salsa too. But it's like, it was, it, I was not it prepared for it. Yeah, it was very And much. he looks at Step and he goes, have you had that? It's atomic. It <laughs> and Step and I lot. are just dying I just, laughing. I, I forgot where I was for a moment. <laughs> Uh, so we so we, we ate at Carlson Mickey's and, and we appreciate Coach uh, Melton for for talking with us. Great 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 night there with him and uh, and his daughter Angelica. Mm-hmm. A great time. And then uh, so then we go so Thursday morning we didn't really have anything to do on Thursday. Mm-hmm. So I texted Barrick Neely and I said, Hey hey dude like are you guys going to be around? When, what's your schedule like like? And he said, Dude come on up. And and so we got to give a great tour there. We did the the tour there. We went to the uh, with the UTEP um, bookstore bookstore. Um, we uh, invested in the local economy, so mm-hmm. to speak. Um, <laughs> but then it got to be like 11.15. Mm-hmm. It got to be 11.15. And we didn't eat breakfast. No. But 11.15, like everyone has the same look on their face like, oh my God, I'm starving. Yeah. Like, I'm so hungry. Because our guts were still in central God's time, time zone. <laughs> still in central time. And so we went over to L&J Cafe oh. for, uh, for lunch. And L&J Cafe is... I think that's the place we get we get recommended the most. Mm-hmm. We went over there, and it's across from a graveyard. And uh, let me tell you, that it was is where hunger goes to die. Everything it was cracked up to be. Everything was incredible. I had steak tacos, and they were so good. It was incredible. I mean, and they LJ, served breakfast. LJ, Ish and I both got the huevos rancheros. Yeah, because they served breakfast all day long. So good. I mean, that's 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 the mark. Honestly, that's the mark. I think of a, of a trustworthy Mexican food place. Oh, if, dude, if, if you're serving like, breakfast we'll give you, all day, we'll give you uh, huevos rancheros at uh, one o'clock if yep. you want. It's like, uh huh, I get it. So uh, great, great uh, dinner there or lunch there, and then we went to the game. Mm-hmm. And our plan was. Our plan was that we were probably going out after the game to eat. Yeah. We're going to go out, and maybe we could catch the very end of the Cowboy game. That didn't end up happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we could go there and, and all that fun stuff. Instead, Coach Ray Aguilar Jr. and the unbelievable staff at El Paso High School had a different plan for us, mm-hmm. which was they – like, and they, they apparently have this like VIP section, which is really stretching that term for us. Um <laughs> That they, they set up that kind of overlooks. You can still see the game. It's like the, the library. It's in the library. It's in the library they set it up. Which is really cool because, yeah, you see the whole th- – I mean, the whole school is right there. But that was really but cool. But they had little they – had, they, had, they had taco platters. Uh-huh, from the tap. From from the tap down there. Mm-hmm. And so I had tacos three times in 24 hours. And these were awesome. <laughs> they were the so, so good. good. Like, we were not hungry. Like, we, we went home and went to bed. Like, yeah. it was like we were not hungry. Um. And so we ate great, just an unbelievable time. Now you got a couple of bonus meals too, because you stayed behind to work for Bally on, mm-hmm. on on Friday. Yeah. So uh, 
shout out to the staff at Jefferson. They took us out. Uh, Coach Tony Martinez took us out to the original Chico's. Ah, yes. So we the got the most polarizing restaurant I've ever heard. Yeah, because I'll tell you, man. You you mentioned Chico's to, to folks from El Paso. It's fifty percent straight down. Fifty percent will say this place is great. You got to go, and fifty percent will tell you the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. And so your ruling. It was interesting. It you can tell why it's it's half and half. So it was me. My, it was myself, Will, and Step who went out there with Coach Martinez and, and another one of his assistant coaches, and we asked, you know, what do you get? And you can order either the single, which is three of the rolled tacos. Now, anyone that's been there knows that the rolled tacos are they're literally just like taquitos, mm-hmm. but if you call them that, you get. <laughs> you get in big trouble. So they're called rolled tacos. Um, and yeah, they're basically submerged in what is this tomato broth type of stuff with a bunch of chick- mm-hmm. or cheese on the top of it. And it was it was interesting. It was really different. Um, it was good. I mean, you liked it. Yeah, I think that it would taste super good at about two o'clock in the morning. What do you mean? Um just no, when you're really, that. really hungry at night. I feel like it would be really good. Um, okay. I think that if I'm on a super limited schedule in El Paso, I don't think that's my first stop because some of the other food that we had was like big old, you know, Mexican plates of just goodness. That was, uh, I don't think I would go there if I didn't have time to. But if I was there for another extended amount of time like that, I would stop by and, and get Chico's. We had a great time in El Paso. And again, we cannot thank Ray Aguilar Jr. and Tony Hensley uh, enough. You got to, and then you were, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have one more thing real fast. It was a total, it was, Will and I are sitting here listening to Step talk at Chico's, and it is the most Matt Step moment ever. And so he's sitting there, he's, he's talking football with the coaches and stuff, and then he goes, so I've heard a lot of controversy that they changed their cheese here. Just normal shredded cheese. Never would have known the difference. Had no idea. And Steph's like, I heard a lot of, you know, rubble about them changing their cheese. And Will and I just look at each other and we're like, this is the most Step thing ever. Like, just him know knowing for a fact that this longtime El Paso restaurant changed their cheese and it put the whole town into a fit. It was peak Matt Step. <laughs> we had an unbelievable time. And then you got to go to El Bel and Jefferson. Yes. Jeff- By the way, El Paso Jefferson 3-0. Yep. How about them Silver, Silver Foxes? Foxes. Uh, really cool little stadium out there, too. They had a, it's, it's one-sided, but beautiful view of the mountain in the backdrop. And yeah, it was a big, big game for them. We, we had an unbelievable time in El Paso. And we cannot thank uh, Coach Reagular Jr. El Paso High School, Tony Hensley at Socorro, and, and the entire staff at El Paso High for, for mm-hmm. making this such an uh, uh, just such a terrific trip. And then, of and course, the, the staff. Uh, I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. I don't. I'll bring it tomorrow when we do the vlog. They gave they hooked us up with some goodie bags. They gave us an awesome jersey. Oh, nice. A super awesome jersey. I have it. I have it at the house. I'll bring it. Um, we cannot thank the folks out there in El Paso. At UTEP, too. Coach Barrick Neely, uh, our guy who who's fantastic. And Coach Dana Dimmel and his entire staff. Uh, we had uh, just a terrific time out there in El Paso, and uh, I, I'm very worried that multiple members of my staff are going to move <laughs> we, there. Yeah, just we play. all just came back to pack up our places so we I can know. head back out west, so Tough see affair. ya. <laughs> we'll have more on our trip from to El Paso tomorrow when we reveal our 
vlog. You will mm-hmm. not want to miss that. No. Let's go over to Ashley Pickle from America's Second Favorite Segment. Final thoughts? Um, it is really funny real fast that you brought up the thing about uh, our good buddy over at UTEP bringing up the Cajun yeah. conversation because Chris there was Pavado, yeah. actually a big conversation going on in the comments earlier about Cajun food and it made me realize, do you like seafood? I, I don't think that's something yeah. we've ever talked about. Yeah, I like seafood. I don't, Are you Cajun I don't, food? Uh, yeah. Seafood yeah, I like guy? it. I don't, I don't, I almost never eat it. It's one of those okay. things that, like, I don't think I, I don't think I ever think to go get. You right. know what I mean? But yeah. like, whenever it's presented to me, I'm like, oh, I really like this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. Okay, I didn't know. Apparently, Step doesn't like seafood, and I feel like that's a big hole in his resume there. A, but a I little, didn't. Well, hole in the swing. Yeah. That's fine. It's all right. It's okay. It's gonna do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com/slash Dave Campbell's, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Thanks again to Brandon Lane, the head coach of those Redwater Dragons, for being our guest. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please meet your Player of the Year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today.